Hello, and welcome to another Church Mission Society podcast. We try and bring together stories from people across the globe who are involved in God's mission so that you can pray, learn, and participate in mission too. To discover more stories, visit churchmissionsociety.org. Hi, this is Jenny, and I'm at the Church Mission Society Africa Conference, um, talking to Verdina van den Toren Lekkerkerker, who's our main speaker this weekend, exploring the theme of peace and reconciliation, which seems fitting as Verdina and I are speaking on the eve of the centenary of the armistice at the end of the First World War. So it's a topic in the forefront of people's minds. Um, Verdina, to start with, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work as a CMS mission partner? Sure. Um, Well, I'm first of all married to Benno, and uh, we have three young men who are our sons. Um, Living in the Netherlands at the moment, uh, Benno and I, Um, but we have lived for 17 years outside of the Netherlands. Uh, Eight and a half of these were in the Central African Republic, where both of us, we were teaching at a theological school for French-speaking Africa, uh, and um, both teaching theology. And um, after that, we were for eight years in Oxford, where we got to know CMS. And um, we've been connected to CMS ever since. But when the time came that Ben and my husband uh, got another job in the Netherlands teaching at the Theological University in Groningen, we both felt we needed to go back to the Netherlands. And um, that meant the end of my job with CMS, that they kept me, but this time as a mission partner. And in the role of supporting theological and mission education in Africa, but also in Asia. And in practice, that means that I travel quite a bit. Um, You know, there are lots of schools working in Africa, in Asia, sometimes under really difficult circumstances, doing a great job of of training new leaders for the church, for, for society. But sometimes, yes, in in really difficult circumstances. And uh, in some cases, they just need a module to be taught, and they don't have anybody, so then they can call me. Yes, and I believe you do get to go back to the Central African Republic. Oh, yes, yes. Really, uh, I try to go there every year, yes. So to move on to the theme, peace and reconciliation in an African context... This might seem like a bit of an obvious question, but how does that theme of peace and reconciliation connect with the theme of mission? Oh, it has everything to do with each other. In John 20, when Jesus, you know, after after his resurrection, when he meets his disciples, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And he sends the Holy Spirit. He blows on them. Jesus, what was his work? It was the work of reconciliation, bringing healing, reconciling people again with God, with themselves, with creation, 
all those relationships being restored in him. And so he sends his disciples out to continue in that ministry. And, um, and in his disciples, I believe the church is sent out to continue in this work of God, of a constant reconciliation. And, and of course, that means uh, um, also being, being an influence in, in, in reconciling in political structures, in society, in, in, it has a very wide uh, application because God is about all areas of our lives. And so, um, as you've been speaking this weekend, we've been exploring some of the parallels of the experience of some African nations of conflict currently or very recently, and the experience of Israel in exile in the Old Testament. Could you explain that a little bit? <laughs> yes. Yes, we are using uh, um, uh, the servant songs as, as uh, Isaiah prophesied them in uh, Isaiah 42, 49 and uh, 52. And, and those are songs prophesied in the time that Israel was in exile. Israel, in that time, was really um, in the midst of, of, of superpowers, in competition for power, for resources, for commerce, and, and well, for an expansion of their influence. Here you have this tiny, small country with these few weak people and in the midst of all those superpowers and, and they're sort of, you know, taken up into that big game and are feeling completely helpless, powerless and probably far from God because the temple was destroyed, the place where God lived. Now... If you are living in, for example, at the moment, East Congo, in the Ituri province, what is your experience? You're experiencing still world powers coming into your country because they are natural resources. People feel powerless because who are they in this grand scheme of political powers, international, global political powers? It's actually quite comparable. And I can imagine that in that context it's quite easy to start to despair. Where is hope to be found in that context? I think hope is found in where people are able to look beyond what seems the obvious. So it seems obvious that people, it seemed obvious that Israel was powerless, hopeless, far from home. They had nothing. And yet, this, this powerless people had a God who was working out through these superpowers to do his will. So God is working out, as I call it, his hidden history. Um, through these superpowers, Cyrus, an Assyrian king, all-powerful, used by God to bring his people home. 
God is still at work. One of the favorite songs people sing in the Central African Republic is God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. And they write. He hasn't changed. So it may seem that it is totally hopeless. But people believe that they are part of God's plan. They don't know how it's worked out. They have no clue. They do feel hopeless for sure. But at the same time, they know there is hope in God because he works out his plan. And his plan is promised in the Bible. There, there are images of, of this, this kingdom of God to come, of peace, of, of abundance, of, of beauty. God will work out his plan. We just don't know yet how and where and when. But we do know we're part of it because that's what God promised. What would you say are some of the key elements of coming to a place of, of reconciliation? I think the first thing to say is, is, is indeed the recognition that all isn't what it seems. So it may seem that you are my enemy, but actually, in God's eyes, when you look with God's view, the enemy also is a human being created, just like you and me. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is that we don't paper over the pain, the injustice, the evil that's entered into our lives, either as a victim or as a perpetrator. And, and that realization can bring us to lament. Now, we talk quite a bit of lament in this conference because lament, I, I see lament as, as a deeply Christian response to evil. It is a recognition of that what is, painful as it may be, terrible as it may be, hopeless as it may seem. But to, to look it in the eye, to name it, to speak it, to rather than keep it hidden, not just in a void, like crying out into nothing, but before God. I mean, that's what the, the, the psalmist did in the, songs of, in the songs of lament. That's what Jeremiah did in Lamentations. And what then happens is that God... When, when, when we give this, this terrible thing to God, God actually enters into it. And it turns out that God, this, uh, this suffering servant, as we read in Isaiah, when he enters into it, he enters into our pain, not as a miracle maker who just makes things good necessarily, but as a crucified Christ as the God who gives his own life because he cares so much. And I think that's where healing happens. When we recognize, I don't understand this at all. It's, it's just incomprehensible. But even though we don't understand it, we know that God cares so much that he did give his own life for it, that he died for it. Healing is also then a healing of sight, that then they will be able to see their enemy as also somebody who is not only a killer, a rapist, 
uh, or what, of, what other way of evil that person may have done. You know, it's also a person. It is a person who is also in need of healing and reconciliation. We need God in that pain, in the deepest, deepest, darkest bit. That brings healing to, in order to be able to look out and to, to, to start forgiving, possibly, and to share forgiveness. And, and in that way, become an agent of reconciliation. Forgiveness is a long, hard process. And it can only be given freely. It can never ever be forced or imposed, ever. That's not the way God works. That's not the way he asks us to work. One ceremony of reconciliation doesn't do it. It is a process of years, of years. And sometimes it breaks in when you least expect it. Yes, and even this afternoon in the midst of what are quite bleak scenarios that we were being told about by um, one of our guests from the Anglican Church of Congo. Sadiki. From Sadiki. It's actually also encouraging to hear on just a very individual level how the Anglican University that he works at have been able to see reconciliation just between two individual students of conflicting tribes. Um, so in that context, how can the church be part of of bringing peace and reconciliation in these situations. Isn't the church the place where we recognise that we are all people in need of grace? Isn't the Christian message that we are all loved by God, but that we all fall short at the same time, and that I am not better necessarily than the other person? The love of God is beyond all boundaries. So if God loves me, how could I not love my neighbour? We, we don't have a choice, actually, than to follow our Lord, who, who, who gives his life because of his love. So, and that's, that's what I've also seen people do. And people say, a father who lost his son and, and refuses to accept revenge because he says, if my saviour died for all of us, how can I revenge one of us? You know, that, that's what people live. And that's what I think the church in Europe needs to hear from the church in Africa. I think that's why the church in Africa is such a light in those very difficult situations. That's actually one of the reasons why organizations in the Central African Republic, organizations like the UNHCR, uh, um, UNICEF, now want to work with the church because they recognize that this is a place where people can come together and see each other in the eye and start to re recognize each other's humanity. How can people listening to this be praying? into some of these issues. Let's pray that God will also heal our eyes, that we will see 
his reality rather than our reality. So that we look beyond the most obvious. And when we see God's reality, we see people like us wherever we go. And we can share our lives. And in doing that, share the life of Jesus with, with those people. So I think that's one of the things we can learn from the church in Africa. Let's continue to pray for the church in Africa. Let's, let's pray for healing. People are burdened with trauma, with pain. Let's pray that they will find a safe place to face this pain and to speak it out. But to speak it out to God. And uh, then also pray for the way that she's really practically involved in, in, in so many, on so many levels in, in sometimes projects of reconciliation, but also just in personal lives of the Christians where they are getting reconciled with a neighbour. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Church Mission Society. For more material, go to churchmissionsociety.org forward slash resources.